0: This is Leva Bates, AEW's librarian, co-host of the Geek Soapbox, renowned Twitch partner, and a two-time Flower City Comic Con guest. And you are listening to Gaming Street Irregulars. But you better listen to my show first, I'm just saying, thanks.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time of day it is you listen to this. Welcome once again to Gaming Street Irregulars. My name's James Irish, and joining me as always is Chrissy Harding. Hi, everyone! And we have two, not one, but two very special guests who, (laughs) when they say jump, we don't say how high, we just start jumping. Oh, stop. (laughs)
2: Ladies
1: and gentlemen... Flower City Comic-Con's dynamic duo of Christopher Frank and Tanya Metris. Yay! Yay! I'm celebrating that Tanya's here. Yay!
0: Yay! Only because we did our earlier podcast where we were all together.
2: Yes, oh, we, we actually you. did.
3: We, we This morning we recorded our first episode of Monkey Business in person for the first time in over a year. All four of us were in the same room. Wow. Love it. So that was a lot of fun.
0: So I decided just to stay in hang out for this one. Yeah,
3: those since running home if you don't have to.
0: Fair enough. Okay. Oh well I would have been on my big computer.
3: Oh, weird. okay, yeah. In your comfy chair down in the cold, cold basement. I
0: know. Actually your your living room was kinda of cold. My feet were extremely
3: cold down. Oh I'm sorry. Did you need a blanket? Did I not was I not the proper host and offer you all sorts of no, men. Were- <laughs> I, just- I,
1: I dozed.
2: This is the D and D session by the way in case anyone is wondering.
1: Oh, this, this is, is this is just no. regular life dealing with the two of them. Oh yeah, it's serious. So we're. Up,
3: right?
2: <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No no! You don't understand when we when we do D and down in the basement at Tanya's place. Yeah, we're both cold, and it takes oh, yeah. a lot to make me cold. Oh yeah, so I,
1: I was know. more talking about the banter.
2: Oh well, yes. yeah. No. yeah. Well,
1: pe- People who listen to our podcast
3: are listen they're, they're used to the conversations between Tanya and I.
0: I might be shorts and a T-shirt right now at Chris's house, but I will probably be in leggings, socks, slippers, hoodie this afternoon when we're gaming at mm-hmm. four o'clock because the basement's cold. Yes,
3: yeah. but that's all fine. That's all well and good. So, what are what are we? What are we? Why are we here? What are we going on today? We, I just I, I heard I saw a link. I
1: clicked on it, and suddenly I'm talking to people. What's going on? We are here today to talk about one of the grandest time sinks in gaming history, second probably only to Minecraft now World of Warcraft.
3: Been there, done that, bought the t shirt, literally. I have my Alliance t shirt. I'm not wearing it at the moment, but I have it somewhere in one of my drawers. For the Alliance! Um, You've never liked playing Horde.
0: I have a Horde character.
3: I know. We all have Horde characters, yeah, well, but I mean just, we actually like it. Okay,
0: remember, I just started three years ago. I haven't been <laughs> in the, the, the time sink that everyone else has. Even though when I did start in May of 2018, I did sink a lot of time in it. But I'll honestly tell you, in the last two weeks, I haven't played as much.
3: Yeah, I know. My life
0: has gotten into the way. What? I've
3: been in kind of a retired mode for on and off the past couple of years, but yeah. yes, I suffer um, you
0: back in every so often.
3: Yes, you do. But th- that's the thing. Here's the thing: on my main character, the character that I created the very first day I started my my World of Warcraft account, you can type slash played, and you can get an idea of how much time you put in on that particular character. Uh, and that, basically, it's it's a it's a runtime of of you know seconds, minutes, hours, days. months, days. You know, mine's actually in years. I think I, I'm at something like two, two, two years, three months and something. It's been a long time since I've checked on it. I, I don't even think I've logged in in, what, three
1: months now? And that's just cumulative play time, not, yes. nes- not necessarily overall life, no. including offline.
3: No, my overall time. The, the day I created <laughs> I, I remember. I remember the day. It was April 5th. Um, 2005. The game came out in 2004, if I remember correctly. November 04.
2: November 23rd of 04 in uh-huh. our region and in, in Australia. PAL's regions got in in February 11th of 2005.
3: And on April 5th of 2005 is when I created my my I got my account and uh, and I joined in and I created my druid my my night elf druid and uh, I have, that has been my main character ever since. So
0: now it's funny because before that, um, I had a computer game just called Warcraft.
1: Right. Which, which was, and we will get into that after the break. Yeah. So
3: so we're gonna we're gonna let James guide See you and I are not here to guide the game I know, but I'm just like which before we're so
0: used I used to. even I did that for a little bit, but then I
2: didn't play. Right. So Right, right. I it remember StarCraft. It.
3: Starcraft, Warcraft. Yeah. Right. So yeah, but uh, from April fifth of two thousand five until probably about three years ago, I was playing fairly regularly, like not every day, but like at least two or three times a week. Uh, and then, and then I just kind of like I gave up. I retired. I was exhausted from it. So yeah, that's a thing.
1: Oh, we will get into a great many things right after this break. Cool break. Woo! <gasps> 10 cent tour of the history of this franchise. Starting in the mid-90s, we had Blizzard's Warcraft, Orcs and Humans. Or humans and Orcs. Whichever. Take your pick. Yeah. You're going to wind up with the same conflict either way. Where where a band of uh, maraudering greenskins invades the land of Azeroth and does multiple battles with the human nation there. Canonically, the orcs win this battle, leading to Warcraft II a couple years later with much deeper game design, including sea battles and aerial units, Mm -hmm. but still keeping the conflict mostly confined to the orc and human factions, though they get allies with with trolls, the orcs get trolls and ogres, humans get allied with gnomes and dwarves and elves, Bringing it more in line with your standard fantasy tropes. Now, Mm -hmm. Warcraft 3 comes along after Blizzard experiments with a couple other side projects that don't come to fruition, including a a LucasArts-style adventure game that would have been in the mold of like Day of the Tentacle or the Indiana Jones adventure games. But Warcraft 3 adds more depth to the factions by including, well, more factions— including the first appearance of the night elves and it also further develops the orcs into something beyond these this marauding horde of savage killers which leads us eventually to world of Warcraft and the continuity laden heavyweight that the franchise has become now mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And, for and I'm who-
1: gonna Basically, leave it at that, because like I said, $0.10 cent version, if I go into World of Warcraft lore, the, it, we will quickly run into a $20 version, yeah, put it yeah, that yeah. way.
3: Yeah, I think that's the thing, is that the world is so expansive and has so much to it. That's why I believe it's probably still a viable draw for attention and for, for people of interest uh, to this day. I mean, it's it's been, what, 2004? For 21
2: 17 years yes yeah, and they say. and they did and didn't and they just released i think it was the eighth expansion pack called the shadowlands uh just this past yeah. year i think uh actually on november 23rd of 2020 so on its 17 uh 16th uh, anniversary
1: yep and if you follow a lot of uh gaming videos on YouTube, there are ads for yet more story developments and expansion coming soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's usually what I'll pop up these days, I've noticed. In my in my retirement years, uh, my
3: druid, who I, I often joke is over, well over 3,000 years old, because part of the story is that night elves were, were immortal and then gained their immortality back somewhere along the line. But during that break is when they sent them out into the world to adventure and explore um, but my, my old man is, he pops up every software for the big stories. I'll play out the big story, but then before the, the rep grind and the, the end game stuff, it, it, in, he's
0: like, Oh, okay,
3: I'm done. Oh, I'm good. I'm going to settle here for a little while. And that's, and that's where I leave him. And, and then it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause every time I log back in, I got to, I got to learn the game all over again.
0: <laughs> yes, Christopher, you do.
3: How do I do this? I don't even know what I'm doing. Where do I go? Oh my God. Oh,
0: it's funny because I'm just like. Right now, I'm in the process of oh, rep grinding all the stuff that you guys, that experienced players, are like, oh, that's old content. Yeah. But for me, only playing for the last three years, it's still considered
3: new content. Well, well back in the day when we were serious end game raiders, and and you know, and, and trying to get that progression content under under wraps, or in order to control. You know, we were doing things like rep grinding because it meant something. We were it was for a goal. We were we were working towards something. Yes. You know, nowadays when my guild is basically five or six people, where it used to be sixty. You know, it's it's just changed a little bit over the years, and I'm pretty sure James is probably gonna. You know what? I, I apologize, James and Christy, because. Tanya and I are in podcast host mode where we just drive conversation. We forget we're the ones just answering questions and bed.
2: <laughs> but, but no, no, no. Don't. No. This is trust us because we're learning because the purpose of this is for our audience at home to learn uh-huh. more about these games so they can go out and play them too. So listening to you talk about tips and tricks and, and the different races and about even your own memories of playing this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going back to when I used to play EverQuest, and I think I just made it myself.
3: And that's the thing, is you have several MMOs. Like, Ever- I can't say Warcraft is the oldest, because EverQuest has existed for such a long time. And, and there had- was an Ultima MMO before that. Yes, mm-hmm. there was. Yeah, and, and, uh, and I actually started with City of Heroes, which was a superhero game. Um, and my, it was my friends Scott and Matt who got me into City of Heroes, and I got into that heavily. I played that for a little over a year and a half. And while City of Heroes was in its in its prime, but getting close to its twilight, that's when World of Warcraft came out. And everybody was telling me, oh, this is the, this is the next big thing. This is the next big thing. As a matter of fact, there was a tradition that most of our at-home tabletop d and group got their accounts because matt provided them with it so there was software you you know like you didn't just it wasn't download off the cloud like you would do nowadays there was an actual cd pack and so matt would invariably buy people the yeah. cd pack and give it to you and say okay now you have to download you have to get your account you have to play this game with us because i've, I've taken out that hurdle for you okay fine you know so stuff like that would happen um so i was kind of in my final stages of City of Heroes. And I tried playing the both at the same time, but I realized I just didn't have the time for it. And then it was always interesting for me along the way where you would get the, oh, well, this game, this next game is coming up. This will be the WoW killer because everybody started holding themselves to World of Warcraft. You know, okay, this game is going to be the Wild Killer. And it really wasn't. Oh, this will be the Wild Killer. Nope, that wasn't either. Oh, this will be the Wild Killer. Nope, nope, that's not it either. So it was it was always interesting to see. And I would try these other games, but I kept wandering back to World of Warcraft because Azeroth is a very, she's a very seductive mistress, that, that young lady over there, or old girl, as it may be. And, they were, and they're so good about crafting the story. That's the thing. There's so much lore to be had. If you go looking for it, you
1: can get lost in that rabbit hole for weeks. Cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I want to quickly go back to a point Chris had made about this is going to be the Wild Killer. This is going to be the Wild Killer. Because what jumps into my mind as the ultimate irony is the original Warcraft game started as a Warhammer project. Yeah. And mm-hmm. years and years later, when. Uh, When Games Workshop decided to dip their feet into the MMO world with their Warhammer property, I'm not even sure it lasted an entire year. No, it was a fun way. The student has become the teacher.
3: Yeah, it was a flash in the plan. I I I remember that exactly. As soon as you mentioned it, I remembered that whole interaction there uh, with Warcraft 40k or yeah, War Warhammer 40k. Excuse me. Uh, bringing out its its rendition of an online you know computer-based version and it kind of like it wasn't i don't know if it was well received it just wasn't broadly received
1: right this would have been warhammer fantasy not not 40k got it thank you yep some some differences there but that's another podcast entirely absolutely
0: i've played warhammer warhammer fantasy k fantasy have you yep Mark how, runs it.
3: How was it? Oh, you on table? On tabletop.
1: Okay. What what army? What army did you play?
0: No, this is the role playing.
1: Uh, oh. oh, Warhammer Fantasy Role Play. Okay. Okay.
0: Yes. Very nice. But I cut my teeth on Diablo. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and that's where a lot of the mechanics that uh, in for War, World of Warcraft were pioneered by Blizzard. I mean, I'm sure they existed in other places beforehand, but this is, is where it? Blizzard lured the ropes of this sort of thing.
2: Yeah, this is, you could definitely see a lot of what they brought, of Wizard using a lot of what they did in their other games into, into this game as well. So, which is cool to watch. This game keeps building on itself. It keeps building yeah. its lore.
3: Um, the thing.
2: Yeah. And even, and it, it's even gotten to the point, it even has its own urban myths in the game
3: hmm i've heard most of them tell me one and i'll let you know if it's true or not oh it's
2: the one with the house where you, with with the five kids where they stand in a pentagram formation yes and has and, and i know that there was hints that they were going to do more with that like have yes. something happen. did that ever happen
3: no i know the exact house you're talking about too i've mm-hmm. been to it on several occasions
2: where is it maybe i'll go find
3: it it's in the uh, it's in one of the houses in the the one of the oh. early human lands it's in one of the farms. On, well, it's one of the farms in Elwyn Forest.
0: Oh, it must be down towards.
3: Yeah, down towards that that border river between
0: um, that and, um, Elwin Forest and Darkshire. Hmm. The Duskwood.
3: Yeah, in the Duskwood. So. Yeah, I've been there. What, what's another one? Tell me another one.
2: That's the one I know of that I've heard oh. about. I don't know the other ones. Maybe. What are some of that you that you have seen?
3: My my favorite. Um, Was when, uh, soon after Robin Williams passed away, it was, it was talked about often how he was a big gamer and he loved Zelda and he loved, he actually played World of Warcraft. He played Dungeons and Dragons, things like that. And I can Mm -hmm. can only imagine, I can dream, that would have been like a dream table for me is to be playing D&D with Robin Williams. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, But they did a tribute for him. I can't remember exactly where it is. I think it's in Outland. But there is an area, it's a very hard, far off area to find because they didn't want people just, just going there and just having to be like, just stay there. It's, it's a place you have to deliberately go to. But if you go to this one little spot, it's on a coast, and the best time is usually towards the evening because the day on Azeroth matches the day in your time zone, right? So day comes, night falls, at pretty much the same time that day and night falls here in your real world. It's kind of, it's kind of I've always noticed that it's kind of a nice blend. Um, but at sunrise or at sunset, uh, you can look out over the water of this vast ocean, you can see the sunset, and you're standing there in this little encampment, and there's a genie. And he has a couple of little, like, little phrases that Robin was prone to saying every so often, but that's their tribute to Robin Williams, and I freaking love it.
2: Yeah, they have one too where, um, in, di- in um, Zelda, because Robin's daughter, Zelda Williams, is named after Zelda from right. Legend of Zelda. That was actually yep. one of the first games he really got into. They decided that King, um, Definicy's first name is Robin. Nice. And that is I from what I understand that is now that's now Canon is that his first name is Robin as a tribute to Robin Williams.
3: That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. But there's a, there's also that's a podcast topic in and of itself is if you could build the ultimate D&D table like who would be the DM who would be your fellow players with you sitting there right in the middle going oh my god this is amazing. <laughs> so that's another conversation for another day. Um there was another urban legend that under a certain set of circumstances on a certain day, you could go to a certain castle ruin and they would have the ghosts parading around like they were the, the, the haunted house of Disneyland.
2: Oh, that's um, cool.
3: It's not true.
2: Oh, <laughs> it's, that sucks.
3: It's not true. I Because I, I I found, it was online, I can't remember exactly where, uh, but I remember finding it and then I remember like, Doing the exact steps and on this, the right day, the right time, at the right hour, in the right place, and nothing happened. And then the more, the further I looked into it, the more Blizzard was like,
2: uh-huh, no,
3: "No, no, no, no! If we did that, we'd get sued by Disney. We
1: don't want to do that." So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ah, there you, know? you are. And there's one little thing I forgot to tell you. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> 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 now a ghost will follow you home until you return. Yep. And I had yeah. to interject there so that I could get us back on track. Well, yeah, good luck with that. Anyway, yeah, so
2: again,
3: What do you to say? For us?
2: So, so if someone's starting off in World of Warcraft, guys, yes, uh, where should they start with the the current server as it is now, or should they go to the classics?
3: Well, here's the thing: Classi- the classic servers are there for the the veteran players who remember those days. Like for me, it was it was a nice nostalgia run to join a classic server, um, but the leveling is so different, and and it's so uh, yeah. There's a lot there that reminds me of nostalgia. But for me, as a new player, I would avoid the classic servers. Stick with the retail version of the game as it is right now because it's more pro. the, the, the game as it stands today, the retail version as people call it, is geared, it's programmed, it's balanced for new players to, to be able to acclimate quickly.
0: Because I jumped onto the Classic server when they relaunched uh, yeah. it a couple, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and the level grind is... Tedious. It's awful. It's horrible. You yeah. don't get gold. You don't get this. You don't get experience. You, you drag and drag and drag. I'm like, I still have a character on the cl- on WoW Classic. Yeah. But I have not touched it in well over a year and a half.
3: Like for instance, I mean, I'm a veteran player, so today I could I could start my account up. I could create a character and jump in and start rolling through, and I could probably be tenth level within about an hour, maybe two. And that's the game is built for, to give you a strong sense of familiarity and comfort and ease at this time. Now, if I did that same thing on a classic server, Chrissy, um, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I probably would still be level five three days from now. It's, it's, it's back to the basics. It's back to what it was originally built to be. It was, a bit, it was built to be a 60-level experience. So you know and, 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 and then yeah I mean it was nice to see the talent trees back and stuff like that. There are certain lore objects and cityscapes that have changed and evolved over the years as the players have done things to craft the story for Blizzard. Um, you know so t- there are certain towns that look different because things have happened to them over the history of the game. Uh, so it was nice to have that tour, but I would I, I personally do not take classic seriously.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people have gone back to, like, classic to do, like, the raids and things like that, but Mm -hmm. by the time that you can get to a level to be able to use flying mounts, you're exhausted Yeah. just because it's taking you so long. Yeah. I want to say, like, I don't even think my character is 20th level on that, and it was just taking me so (laughs) long, so many hours of playtime in order to get there, whereas... When you, me, and Sean got together with our, our new characters, yeah. all of a sudden we turn and look, and we're 15th level. Yeah. And then Sean and I would go on, and then two seconds later, Chris would come back on, and we would be 20th level, and Chris would be 15th. Yeah. Give him, like, a half hour, all of a sudden he's 20th. Yeah,
3: i catch up. <laughs> I found ways to do it. Um, so. And there are more points than that, and I'll bring them in throughout the conversation, but there's, um, there is a difference between in classic... You really had to definitely build a very big and dynamic team of other players like at one point in the height of our power in the early days of vanilla Warcraft, my guild was 67 people and we were all you know interrelated we had we had ranks in the guild so we had everybody had certain organizers and teams and and guild master i was the guild master it's that was a lot of quote-unquote fun um (laughs)
0: <laughs> but they have
3: they have done a lot to streamline things. So you don't need to manage a very large team anymore. A guild of five to 10 people can be just as as capable of getting through progression content as the teams of 67 to 80, you know, and um, and that's different. I mean, I, you know, it's it, and it's harder. To hold together that many people
0: it does because i mean granted the um alliance of hyjal which is the guild that you started Mm -hmm. on um retail yeah i mean i think right now there was like 385 players or characters 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 on the server
3: it's there's accounts and players you can if you do if like you're in warcraft you type slash guild it gives you all the information about the guild you're attached to at the moment. It tells you when it's been, it was created. It tells you how many accounts and how many characters. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see that because you'll see where the alcoholics are and we can talk about alcoholics later. Oh yeah. But at one point we had like, we had 15 active accounts, but there was like a hundred characters and it's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) But to answer your question in the, in the ultimately a roundabout way, I would to a new player say stick with the retail version, do not do classic. I would say go back to classic if you want to just change if you're if you're tired in your or you want to take a quick break and you want to you want to see a different take on it then then fire up a classic character, but for now stick with retail.
1: Okay. So now I want to you, you guys to talk us through the two factions, the Alliance and the Horde. Mhm. Since these have grown a lot yeah. since the game started. What, what are they looking like now? Well, it was interesting. I mean, they were
3: created so you have your good guys and your bad guys. And, then, of course, you have all the little edgelord kitties who want to be the Horde because they just want to be pricks. They want to be the bad guys. But as the lore has developed, you really do see the Horde for this dynamic, breathing entity. That, and, and I really appreciate that because it builds the story. So the Horde is not just the, – they're not bad guys anymore. Yeah, they haven't been since Warcraft three, really. Yeah, I mean, you see them as just—it's a different. It's like a, it's like two superpowers. It's it—you know—you have the Horde, you have the Alliance, and there are times where they battle over things because they are, over the centuries, have just been at each other's throats for all sorts of reasons. So there's a lot of tension between the two organizations. But the Horde is just that out there to beat the you know to beat the good guys and conquer the world. They have reasons. They have story. They have. They have a very tribal mentality in a lot of places. There's a rich kind of almost a bond between them, uh, especially between the orcs, the Minotaur, or the Torrin, in this case, uh, and the trolls. You know, you see this this very tribal dynamic, and it's very... There's a lot of flavor there. Um, so where it would be easy back in the day to be an Alliance guy and look at the Horde and just see him as evil scum, or and vice versa, Horde, you know, looking at the, the Alliance and saying, oh, look at these frou-frou idiots you know, trying to make civilization their own. You know, there's a lot of that going on. But you see the dynamic of the story, and, and I love that. You know, that's that's the one thing I've always enjoyed is that they've really devoted their time to craft the story. So it's not just, you know, adventure here, break this dungeon, solve this quest, gather these materials, you know, beat the bad guy. And in player versus player, you have to beat the evil guy. You know, it's not necessarily evil. I mean, you know, the Horde does have the Forsaken, which are predominantly undead, but they're not just this machination of of some evil sorcerer. There's a, there's a, a rhyme and a reason to everything. And I love that about Warcraft is that there is a rhyme and a reason for everything. There's no throwaway details in the game that I've ever noticed. I don't know about you, team.
0: No, there, there's just like little, little hints and nuances. And you're like, Oh, wait, I want to yeah. go find that. I so want to go find that. So many rabbit
3: holes to fly down. Yeah. Oh, and, I, and then there are times where even as an Alliance player, there was something the Alliance was doing against the Horde or against a mutual enemy. And I'm like, wait, I started uh, questioning that. I'm like, wait a minute. Why are we doing this? It was almost like, wait, are we not the good, right. we're not the good guys in this equation here. This yeah. was kind of wild.
2: Well, it just also sounds like that what they did is they took what could have been a very carbon copy, one dimensional um, idea. And it's like they flushed it out to the point of it's it's as nuanced as real life is.
3: Yes. Yes. And I think that's part of its draw. And I don't know if you want to talk about that more, so I won't touch on too, too deeply. But they really do. They put a mirror up to the world around you in several places. And they make it kind of stop and go. I I I feel good about this. I feel bad about this. It's it, there's there's some there're definitely nuances. Nuances are there, and I believe that has led to the the longevity of the game.
1: Very good, very good. So let me let me just make sure I got the lineups right. The alliance yes. includes humans, yes. night elves, yes. dwarves, yes. gnomes, uh-huh. and what
3: else? Um, now they have, originally, that was the original lineup. Since then, they've added Worgen, which are basically uh, werewolves. Okay. Uh, which are essentially aliens. Um, and what else have they added? They've added a couple of different types of Drené, a couple of different types of dwarves. They've added some flavor classes, flavor.
0: Well, now there's,
2: um... Oh, panda!
3: The pandas, Pandar- Pandar- the Pandarins. Oh, yes.
2: Pandarins! Didn't that start out as like a fir- as an April Fool's joke and just, yes, just it did. took out a it. life of its own?
3: Yeah. Well, World, World of Warcraft is huge in China, and and as an April Fool's joke, uh, Blizzard put out this whole new adventure zone uh, with pandas being the the main life form, Pandarins, the humanoid pandas. And it took on a wildfire. So within three or four years there was the, then they suddenly came up the extension of the you know the mists of pandaria, Panda. which was lizard's tribute to to China and all of the, the rich history and the, you know, the the color and all that. And the pandas became part of the and, and the nice thing about pandarans is if you choose to play one as a race, speaking a playable race, you go through all your starting zones. And the Alliance and the Horde land on your shores, and they're having—they brought their war to you. You can decide which side you wanted to join. So there were Pandarans in the Alliance and in the Horde. So I thought that was a very clever kind of a nuance there.
2: Yeah, where well you could. Where well, in that case, you got to pick your side. It yes, wasn't picked for you.
3: Yes, I mean you can still pick your side. You can say I want to be an Alliance or a Horde person, but then you can, you know, the you limited, well, not a limited, but you had a select choice of races to work with. You know, we're on uh, the Horde side. I don't know, James, you're probably going to get to it, but the, the, the Horde races were Orc and, uh, and Torin, and the Forsaken. Uh, they've added on Night Elves and Goblins, uh, Trolls. A bit I thought of- it was Blood Elves. Oh, Blood Elves. Excuse me. I'm just going to break my finger here in punishment. Um, blood Elves. What else do they have nowadays? They have Warden too, I think, don't they?
0: Okay, like, the Forsaken's like the scourge. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I haven't. I'm, about I'm pretty they. sure there's somebody
3: I'm missing at this point. But they, they I remember in, um, I don't know if it was Burning Crusade, was it Burning? It was Burning Crusade or something. They, they gave uh, blood elves to the the Horde so they had a pretty race because <laughs> <laughs> everybody was all very monstrous. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but the, the blood elves have their own. <laughs> you know, thumb, thumbs up thumbs down moments. So anyway, so anyway, yes, carry on. Sorry. Here I am tangenting again. It happens.
1: It does. they do that. Even. So uh, aside from the Pandarans, are there other neutral races? I don't think there's
3: new, any other neutral races that could, I think pandaren was the experiment and you could go either way with them. They're oh, the death knights, the class but yeah. There was a hero class that came out with Wrath of the Lich King. It became a new base class but you started off at 55th level at the time. Of course, level the level cap has fluctuated with the tides over the years. But you didn't come in at starting level with death knights. And you could choose like with the Pandarans, um you could choose any race to be a death knight, but you could at towards the the back end of it of the starting area you could say, "Okay, I want to go and and be a representative of of the Death Knights to the Alliance, or I can, I'm going to go and be a Death Knight for the Horde. So that's I, that's, I think, one of the only occasions where you had neutral that would pick a side. I love that they may have changed it up a little bit since then. I know they've been trying to really blend it more and more uh-huh. late in recent expansions. I
0: oh, don't know, I haven't played a Death Knight, so...
3: I... Death Knights are interesting, mechanically speaking. I that's never a, really got into Ian, it. Uh, that's an Ian... Ian loves his Death Knight, you know. <laughs> yeah. I like my mage. Yeah, the game is generational.
1: Well, let's actually get into that then. Uh, talk since you brought up some classes. Uh, what are your favorite classes to play as? My main has and always, from the beginning, and always has
3: been a druid, um, and that is it's fit my play style perfectly because those who play D anD D with me know that I like. I don't pick characters that are especially good at any one thing. I'm the guy who fills the gap. Or I can, I'll, I'll pick a job, but I'll also make sure that I have decent amount of ability to deal other jobs just in case it's necessary. You know, where my buddy Scott, he and I are a perfect team because Scott likes to focus on one job and be really really good at it. And he always succeeds because he's just really smart at it. Then, and then here's me who balances out, and I can join him and go toe-to-toe and do damage. But then if he's weak here, oh, I've got that. Oh, he's weak here. Oh, I've got that too. And the druid for me was the perfect Swiss Army knife. Um, <clears throat> you have, with a druid, you have the ability to do melee. You have the ability to heal. You have the ability to be ranged. Um, you can be stealth. You can be a tank. You can be a healer. You know, you can do anything. You can be a bear. You can be a, you can change <laughs> forms for specific things. And, and I, saw, that's the character I've been playing for 17 years. Oh my God. Has it been that seven?
0: Yes. It's been that long.
3: 16 years. Cause I started in 05. Yeah. Right. And we're in 21. So 16 years I've played this character on and off. More on than off, and and case in point, there was a five man dungeon which we can talk more about. You know the five and the ten, the twenty fives and the forties, and all you know how many people you needed for stuff. We will get there. There was a five man dungeon, and we were farming it at that point. We'd gotten so good at these things; we're just speed running through and plowing through stuff. And I was on board as the healer, and we had our usual damage dealers, our usual tank, and something bad happened. It was a glitch. Somebody lagged or something like that. And two people got knocked down to the five right off the bat in this fight. So here's my druid. I'm trying to heal. I'm trying to heal. I'm trying to heal. I quick dove into bear form. I run up to the this one this one mob and I start taking it and I pull it off of the, the guy who's doing damage. The guy's able to, to take this guy out. I quick jump back. I do healing. I have what's called a battle res ability. So a, a resurrection spell that you can use in the middle of a fight. And I brought the tank back up and the tank jumps in and I'm throwing heels around. And then I threw into DPS and I'm damaging this one guy. And then I stepped back and I was casting. I was doing everything during that one fight. I did every job and it was natural to me. I didn't think I wasn't trying to show off. It was just, okay, I can contribute at this moment doing this. Oh, we need me to do this. And I'm so used to this character by this point. That I knew every trick, I knew every tool that I had at my disposal, and I used it all because as a guild master, my philosophy was, this fight's not over until I say it's over. Because there were so many people who, who would approach things in a, in a professional business-like sense. If it wasn't going well, just wipe it, we'll, we'll rebuild and start over again. Me, I'm like, no, I'm all about the epic win. So I fight until there's nobody, there's no fight left. And and uh, you know, kind of blew that over to my real life over the years.
1: Um, and but, uh, at no point did anybody tell you you have one job. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Nobody would ever tell me that. Um, but the fight ended,
3: and and we got through it, and and I and we started healing up and getting everybody up and running. And my, my one uh, cohort who was playing a hunter, who was primary DPS guy, you know, damage guy. He's like, holy crap! I was watching you. You did everything he goes the only reason we survived that fight was if you and i'm like yeah well you know i was just doing my job and so that's why i love the druid he it, you know, they're a night elf predominantly back in the old days <clears throat> just a, a, a handful of races can be a druid now um but at the time it was if you were a druid you were a night elf or or a tauren because tauren had druids on on their side of the the board um but night elves are very sense. tall Right, they're very tall. They're like six foot eight, six foot nine. So I would just tell people, this this character is a six foot nine Swiss Army knife. Use them as you need them, you know. And, and I was ready for anything. It was fun. I, I loved it. It fit my, my style perfectly.
1: You know, it, it just strikes me it's such a shame that the Swiss Army only ever employs knives. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can see, I found a new toy.
2: Blow stuff up. Yeah. Apparently, apparently uh, James found a new sound effect to use in today's podcast and future oh, we podcasts. Were, we were,
3: Dan was using his portable uh, podcasting rig at my house this morning and, and it has four buttons on it. One of them was a rim shot. So yeah, we're, we were making use of that as well today. Oh, nice. So, but yeah, Tanya Tanya is is a mage prime. She, prime. she loves her, her mages.
0: And, and mage has um, to, the ability to do um, the specialty of arcane Frost or fire? Yes, Mm -hmm.
3: you you can basically just nuke the crap out of something and everything around it. Or you can take a target and say, I'm going to burn you into infinity. uh, Or you can be a crowd control specialist with frost. With Right. And so so
0: I leveled (coughs) primarily as arcane. Yes. And then um, one of the other guild members are like, you should try Frost. I'm like, well, if I do, and I went back into a lower level dungeon in order to get used to all my buttons. Because once you play for a while, you have your specific keystrokes that you yes. know. Yes. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to play it with a new specialty, specialization, I'm like, I'm going down to a, lo- a dungeon I know I can run myself mm-hmm. in order to uh, try it. So now I'm running a frost... Mage and I'm slowing a lot of people down. Yeah, you, you, like control, that. The crowd, you I'm control the crowd, i definitely control the fight you win. And uh they're like, Did you do fire yet? I'm like, <laughs> No, I haven't gone to fire yet. So yeah. they keep asking me, Are you going fire yet? I'm like, no, I'm gonna leave that to BT. So,
3: I, I have played every character I've played every class in the game at this point. Um, I've played Alts and, you know, I've I've leveled up other characters. Shaman are fun, paladins, priests. I never played a well. I've played a rogue, but I never got past twentieth level with it. I just it was like, eh, okay. I just I never got into it.
0: I do like my rogue. I do have a rogue that mm-hmm. um, had hit level one twenty in in retail, and then when Shadowlands came out, it got bumped back down to level fifty because of the whole
3: level crunch, level
0: crunch. level yeah. squish. Yeah, yeah, yeah and. I want to say she's like 55 or 56 because I just haven't
3: mm-hmm.
0: run her because right now she's running through the mall, And the mall is a scary place. It is
3: a scary place. It's a very scary they place. They have made some very scary places to play.
0: Oh, it's not a pretty place to stay <coughs> along. Nope. So they've also
3: made some beautiful places. Oh, yeah. Like all the elven lanes always appeal to me.
0: So I just haven't gone back in with my rogue. Every so often I think about it. Like, yeah, now I have to remember the yeah. strokes for
3: it. But at heart, I'm always a druid. That's all there is to it. You're a doodad. I'm a doodad.
1: Well, at no point can you say that you guys are like school on a Saturday. No, no, <laughs> we're not boring. <laughs> no, I was. I mean, you guys. I, I mean, you can't say that you guys don't have any class. Uh, oh,
0: i like, I didn't
2: get it. <laughs> Tell me. We've, we've
1: been gamers for a very long time. We have
3: lots of classes.
2: Fair enough. I was gonna say Tanya, if you didn't if you didn't put in if you didn't say anything about rogues, I would have been like, come on, come on, you know you play a good rogue.
0: Um
2: I, I've played better.
0: I play a better rogue on World of Warcraft than I do on Saturday nights.
2: Well, don't, don't forget though our, our characters on Saturday nights are starting out evil characters, so we're not yeah, exactly we're supposed Warcraft. to be good.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. We gotta start becoming more evil. Maybe I need to go over
2: to the Horde side for a little while and uh, really get it. Well, wait until we get back into town, then we can start killing people again. Yay!
3: (laughs) (laughs) Indiscriminate Death and Destruction next on Wait.
2: Yep. (laughs) So talk to
1: me about uh, how the raids work in this game.
3: Okay, good. Yeah, I knew we were good. Um, There is a absolute ton of solo content for you to be able to quest and wander around with. And then you're encouraged to group up with people, and you can get groups as big as five people. So you get, you can just kind of mob through, you know, quests and, and stuff. Five is the minimum you need to get into what's called a dungeon. Okay, so cool. They have the five man runs, your, your early groups, uh, you know, or fives. And then you start kind of tinkering on the, the next level past. So you have your solo content, you have your dungeon content, and the next level past that is the raid content. That's where the the challenge really starts ramping up and the rewards really start kind of getting much more interesting. Uh, and those raids will usually start with 10-man raids. Yes. Um, back in the day, there were no 10 and 12. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of... Hi- I'm going to go history nut at the moment here. Go no for it. In the very early days... The very first level cap when Warcraft came out was 50th level, <clears throat> and the, the, the quote-unquote raid was an advanced dungeon called uh, and it's in the eastern Plaguelands, and it was a 10-man, and I do remember in the very early days playing 10, but as I was coming in on board, the level cap had pushed to 60, and you start seeing the original raids of Anixia's Lair, Molten Core, things like that. Blackwing Lair was on the horizon, but it had not opened up yet. Um, so the bigger the challenge, the more people you were allowed to bring with you. Uh, so we had your five-man dungeon, and then you had your ten-man raid, which eventually gave way to the 40-man content, the 40-man raid. This is where you had to bring your entire guild to take on a, a goal. The very first raid, if I remember correctly, was Anyxia's lair, where you had to to, to penetrate this dragon's lair. Anyxia was a massive black dragon. Uh, you had to, to plow through all of the trash mobs, which were her, her little four-legged dragon kin. They were your trash mobs that you had to deal with. Uh, and then you, the fight was to come around the corner, and there she is in her lair in all of her glory, and you had to take her down. And it was, a, it was a dance of death because there were several things that she could do. There was rhythm to it. There was patterns. There was things that could happen, events that you could trigger accidentally, and then things that you would just do because it was part of the, the fight. <clears throat> you had to bring everybody. And this is why the original guilds were so huge, because in order to do these raids, you needed 40
1: characters. Quick question? Yes. At any point during that specific raid, did anybody break out into, I need you tonight? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Yes, in, excess. in, in, in excess. excess. yeah.
0: That's why I'm like, that one I got. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: um, no, I, I do remember the very first time in Anixia's Lair, just the overwhelming feeling of excitement. I mean, as, as we were progressing through, I was a raid healer in the beginning. My, my character's name, by the way, was Caledrin. Uh And so everybody would just call me Cal. And so to this day, you can tell who I played Warcraft with on Facebook because people will still call me Cal, you know, along the way. But yeah, Cal was a healer. And, and so I remember just struggling to keep, you know, there was like six of us. There were six healers in a 40-man squad. And we were all working very hard to keep everybody standing. And we get in there. And in the early part of the fight, she starts flapping her wings and she goes airborne in this massive cavern. And I just remember looking up at this black dragon, breathing fire, flapping the wings, all sorts of stuff happening. There's, there's audio, there's sound clips, everything is happening all this all at the same time. And I'm like, this is the next level of D&D. And I was like, oh my God, this is everything I ever envisioned when I played Dungeons and Dragons. And I think that's why I got hooked on this game for as long as I did.
1: Okay, Tanya, any raid memories of your own? Uh... You hate raids.
0: No, I was scared to go into my first dungeon, so let alone going into my first raid. Um, I think I didn't really start any raids until I was at a level that it really didn't bother me. In regards to not like bother me, but I wasn't really super worried about dying. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's always the thing. And at that point, some of those raids that we went into like a 10 man or now 25, because it's 10 or 25 now, Yeah, yeah. right now, depending on what the raid is, I run it solo because my character is so high. So well, there's um, a lot of
3: content you can do that with, but the progression right. stuff, you wouldn't stand a chance. Right.
0: And had I been doing it when I was progressing now, like when I go through like, um, Legion or whatever. Right. When, I, when there's still like Tomb of Sargarius or something, I can't do the final stuff for Kill Jaden mm-hmm. because of just how it's set up. And everyone usually jumps out before that final, final end, yeah. end boss. Yeah. And I've gotten myself totally foobard in that. Um, so, yeah, I'm really not a big raid person. Um, lately, I've been only raiding like Firelands because. I'm working on rep grinding and just old content quest stuff. So that's what I've been doing. And
3: let me, let me share this raid story with you. This, this, we were we were on Lich King, which was the second expansion after Burning Crusade.
0: Were you going through
3: Ice Crown? <laughs> we were going through Ice Crown. We were in a ten man unit, and on board was my friends, our friend Scott from mm-hmm. the gaming table, and his, his now ex wife Amy. Right, and so there was ten of us, and we were in this one boss fight. And and people were getting dropped left, right, and center. But again, like I said earlier, I had this thing Sorry. where I, I just kept pushing people. I just wanted to keep pushing people. I not I didn't want them to give up. I wanted them to 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 have those epic moments because for me, the story was just as important as the mechanics of the game. And and to and if we could pull this off, just think of the epic story to be able to tell at the tavern around you know with the dwarves around you know with the ale around the table. It got down to it was me, Scott, and Amy were the only standing of a 10-man raid, and Amy was playing a shadow priest, which is a priest that's not geared towards healing. They're geared towards damaging, so any healing a shadow priest does is very kind of, it's challenging for them to bring it around. Scott was playing his paladin, who was also set up for healing at the time, and then there was me, who set up whatever happens at the moment. Uh, And we hung in there, and we beat the boss with one person standing. Amy got dropped, then I got dropped, and, and, and Scott had to just stand there and finish the last couple percentage points Mm -hmm. Of this guy's health bar on his own. And he brings it down. We were all on, uh, we were using TeamSpeak, which was the the discord of the day with TeamSpeak. And you could just hear people screaming and yelling and laughing and cheering as this was all unfolding. Then it was an epic freaking moment. I mean, that's the moment the gamers live for. We're like, we just pulled that shit out. We dropped the bad guy and and we win you know that was it was so cool it was like i remember i, I joined a, a pickup group one time and they're like oh just wipe it i'm like it's not a wipe until the last person drops get in there and fight you know like,
0: you uh, and I think that what um raids used to be like multiple nights in mm-hmm. order to finish yeah. something because yeah. it was just so epic at that point right. where it because it would set you said that it would take hours upon hours to
3: we we did finish mul- something we took th- it took three nights to clear molten core the first time we did it you know we would come back we'd play for like two or three hours and we, we'd clear we cleared all of molten core in the first run we ever did um as a guild as alliance of high actually no we were we were not alliance of Hyjal. we were a house of amber at that point point. and that's another part of the story is the progression of the guilds themselves as they ebb and they flow and they gain popularity they grow they become more powerful or they have collapses these things all happen There's politics involved.
2: It reminds me a little bit of of EverQuest. I remember the first time I did, participated in a raid on the Plane of Fear. Mm -hmm. We had like 200 plus people weeing at that gate. And because, and for anyone who doesn't know EverQuest, they had planes outside of the actual EverQuest world itself where the gods were. So if you were anything below a level 60, it was insta-kill. For you so but you could anchor yourself there if you go far enough in and if you die you just had to make sure the healers made it so they could resurrect you and you would be in the plane of fear and I just remember sitting there it was like they would open those portals at midnight and it was always on a freaking Wednesday when you're supposed to be going to bed because you have class the next day (laughs) or work or work. At the time it was class. But it was, you admit it was ethics, so most of us slept for it anyways. But I just remember those, like, just the banter and it was kind of like during raids was when you would start to connect to people from different places. Mm-hmm. um and you would start creating kind of those friendships or someone it's like hey i have to go hey so and so i remember so and so from such and such right they actually have yeah. they're actually good at this and then you would drop them a line saying hey we're, we're trying to do a run on a dungeon do you want you know we could use your help do you want to come and usually you get a yes or a no
3: our our guild mates were all around the world we had this one young man who i'm still facebook friends with to this day we catch up with each other every so often but had this one young man from australia and he was, I think he was like half our age. We were all in our twenties and thirties. He was 15 when he joined us for the first time, but it was fun. He was, he was a great kid. He was very smart, you know? And of course, having somebody with that accent on team speak was a lot of fun for everybody. You know, we, we, you know, we would pick on him for being Australian. and We got into this one raid where there were spiders, the size of like major, like large tanks. And, and he would joke, he like, Oh, I saw one bigger than that in my backyard the other day. And it's like, oh, stop, stop that! You know, Australia. Oh, I bet like,
0: that was great for you. Oh yeah,
3: the Australia, the land of death. I said, hey, uh, you know, Darty, did you actually want us to like visit you? Because I'm not coming to Australia if that's true. You know? He <laughs> like, And he would be like, oh, no worries, mate. I'm like, did already say that? That's amazing. You know, but uh, you know, but we want we've we've watched each other, and that's the thing that's also kept me in in Warcraft. The the really the diehard folks who stuck together in each of these guilds, we got to know each other. We've, for instance, uh, there's a friend of mine down in New Jersey, Iris. Um, She would host parties once a summer and a bunch of us would go down there and we would see each other. So we'd actually like meet in in person and we would do our, we would raid a brewery. You know, that's, that's okay. The raid of the Brooklyn brewery. And we were all going to be like 13, 14, 15 of us there every year. Um, You know, we would meet each other. We would spend time with each other. We, We, you know, when, when people were getting married, we were cheering for each other. When they had birthdays, we knew it. We celebrated their birthdays. Um, you know, when something bad happened, we all came out as family to support each other. Uh, and that was the thing that kept me. I think that was the thing that kept me in Warcraft longer than anything else was the fact that I got to play this game with my family, essentially, this family that we had built up together. Uh, and, and we still talk to each other. We have a, we have a Facebook board just for ourselves so we can keep in touch with each other. I had a hand when I turned 40 10 years ago, uh, a handful of folks from Ottawa, Canada came down to celebrate, you know, and, and you, you can't. You can't predict that. You know, I don't think the people in Blizzard, when they were designing this game, knew what they were going to create in terms of community. And that's, that's the thing that will always sit with me, is, is I have war stories with my family. I went to war with my family, and, and we all won, and we, we had a great time. We bonded. So that's, I think that's a big thing for me in these games.
1: So any other specific memories uh, jump out, especially for you, Tanya?
0: Um, well... I there's there's a when I ran my first dungeon was the, the one of the scariest things to do whatsoever because I wasn't used to it and they're like oh you'll do fine you'll do fine whatever just stay but be, stay behind the tank okay or stay behind the healer or whatever yeah, so
3: stay with me is what I kept telling you
0: yeah you weren't playing you well, weren't playing there that night I wasn't there it, that night it was Bree who was master lady tank oh right right it was stuffin who was um, Solar Flare, the right, okay. Druid he was running through.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Um, there was A.B., who was...
3: Terrible healer. I think he's a paladin. Yeah, he's playing he armor a, Pal- Pal- a paladin. Yeah, armor ball and
0: then there was a, 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 myself as a mage, DPS, right. and then there must have been another DPS. Yeah, you're five.
3: You're fine, I thought.
0: Me, Bree, Stuffin,
3: AB, and a fifth picked up a fifth somewhere along. So the we line. had
0: a fifth somewhere along the line, yeah. and so we're going through. Um, where the hell was it? Well, it didn't
3: matter.
0: It. Um, I want, it was one of the ones with all like the Ragnaros, Ragnaros, whatever. Not okay. not Firelands, but I can't remember where That's it fine. was. But I. But we were going this way, going that way, and um, I don't know if we were on Discord or we were doing some chatting or whatever. All of a sudden, two, I was following A.B. and... He
3: took a wrong turn and you followed him.
0: I followed him because they said, stay with... What stay it, with st- A.B. Stay with AB, And that well, proved
3: to be the bad advice.
0: A.B. went off mining <laughs> some ore, or whatever. Two seconds later my character's dead. And I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> and then we got on... That's when I think we got on Discord. They're like, mm-hmm. what you do? I'm like, you told me. And A.B.'s like, I didn't realize you were going to follow me, literally. Type thing, I'm like, you let me die.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And we never let him forget it that he let me die in my first ever dungeon. Yeah, well, he does thing. that to a
3: lot of people. It, <laughs> he feels like that's their way of being baptized into the game. Yes,
0: but now, like, now, um, when I sent Chris the text message, I'm like, AB, let me die. He goes, eh, rub some dirt on it, walk it <laughs> off. Walk it off. <laughs> like, so that's what Chris <laughs> just told me. I was like, so now when. When people die, we're like, just rub some dirt on it and I'll
3: uh, walk I, it off. I really am. I'm not, I'm not a very supportive guilt master. In the no, so, no
2: but, think, but, you, uh, but you also understand it's like, well, you're going to die at some point. It's a game. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah,
1: yeah if you're going to die. When like, no, you no. swim, you get wet. When you box, you get punched. When you play video games, you're going to die. Yeah.
2: yeah. Pick so, up and die. I don't
0: know. I think um, when Sean and I were playing on um, the Horde side, Mm-hmm. and um, we were running through Ogremar, that area. Um, was it the Northern Barrens? Northern
3: Barrens. Northern Barons.
0: Um, and we were killing things left and right, and all of a sudden, like, we see this other player character that's a Horde character that was doing something, and then two seconds later, he dies. So meanwhile, at that point, I shoot it. I shoot whatever had been killing him. Sean, whatever, mm-hmm. kills him. The guy gets back to his body or whatever. We're like, do you need help getting someplace? And they're like, what? You're, you're offering help? Yeah. You're, you're offering help? You guys are like 10 to 15 levels above me.
3: In the early days, that would happen a lot more than it does in the current. And that says something about the climate and the overall, I think, the social climate. But back in the early days, for high-level characters to descend out of the the, 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 the no, where they come from, nobody knows. And then suddenly they're helping the low level out you're, Oh, you're you're on a, a run quest. Okay, go ahead. Just do that. I'll clear the path for you, um, because transportation was a lot more challenging back yeah. in the early days. And there were times where you had, if you wanted to go from point A to point B at fifth level, oh, that was that was a pack of lunch. You're you're Man. in for an adventure, and it's going to be harrowing. So somebody comes along and starts plowing the road for you, getting all the mobs away, making sure the road was safe. That was a big thing, but it happened a lot more mm-hmm. 15, 16 years ago than it does today, I've noticed.
2: Yeah. So now, yeah, I think
3: but yeah.
2: I think it's because a lot of a lot of the older players I think it comes to what I was told in EverQuest when we first started EverQuest and it was pretty much don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. It, really, it was like don't be a dick. Like you're new, we get it. You're going to, don't worry. You know, and I remember that the like the higher level players come and being like, oh, okay, oh, you have to do this quest. Because you could ask for help on a quest. You're like, I have to complete this quest. What do I do? And you get like pages and pages of people telling you, oh, my God, I remember that quest. You got to do this, 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 and this. And it sounds like a lot of that used to happen in – um world of warcraft and i'm wondering if the if the shift is is because you do have those people that go on and they are just dicks to everybody
3: yeah yeah and the folks and the folks who were the helpful ones have since retired and have moved on to other
2: things yeah and so now you're stuck with and then eventually you're going to because and i think what you'll notice is if you play long enough you're probably going to get those helpful players back again because you're going to have those 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 low-level players being like when they get higher up, they're like, I'm not going to be like you because that was painful. Yeah. You need help? I'm going to come help you.
3: At, at one point, the guild used to call me the in-house A because I knew where everything was for some stupid reason. I had no sense of direction in reality. But in Azeroth, if you said, I need to go here, I was usually able to go, oh, yeah, you go here, here, here. Take this flight point. You'll be there in no time.
0: <laughs> Sean likes having a pocket mage.
3: Yes, because then you teleport everywhere for him. Yes. Yeah. You can create portals to places. So that's definitely a, a plus for me. Yes, age.
0: that that's definitely a bonus because when I'm playing my other character, I'm like, how do I get from here to here to here?
3: And in, and in recent years, they have they've inputted flying mounts, which makes getting over territory a lot easier. But then they've even gone in and they've created mounts that you can bring a friend, so you can do the flying, and so you can just take somebody who has no idea what they're doing, just put them on your back, and take them somewhere, and that's that's a lot of fun too.
1: I've got to set up a time to play with one of you guys, or gals. That'd be fun. Because I've only had one World of Warcraft experience, mm-hmm. created a, a human fighter, gave her the name Aaron the Bold, yeah, you know. and the first, my by, by one memory of playing in that very, very early stage is somehow accidentally discarding my armor and yeah. had Aaron wandering around just in her unmentionable for a top. And I'm like, no, no, this is not what I want at all. She's supposed to be a noble paladin, not some saucy wench. Now,
0: funny (laughs) you bring that up, James, that your character was in their unmentionables and stuff. It's gotten to the point where when Sean and I have been playing and we need to complete something for a quest like, um, to do something down to a certain level in order to capture him or whatever
3: but it's so easy for us to kill things
0: we can't like even if Sean strips completely out of his armor puts everything away for weapons and just slaps them with his hand it's he still kills it so then he's like looks at me and he goes can can you strip off all your gear and things like that I'm like sure knowing that I'm playing a mage and if I strip off all my gear my damage is... Much less. Much less. And so therefore my character's running around in little Gmail bikini type thing Uh with nothing else. And And
3: that's I think that's the huge difference between MMOs, not just Warcraft, but MMOs in general, and tabletop D&D. Where tabletop D&D, you could go all the way to 20th level without a single magic item. It's all based on your skill, your power, your choices, and the luck of the dice. MMOs, really base you on it's not just your skills and your powers that you build up but the gear that gives you all the bonuses you need to be competitive i've noticed that where it's like it's all about the gear it's all about the equipment it's all about the stuff you can acquire in your quest where on D, it's all about what you do with the numbers on the piece of paper that's in front of you you know right. it's, it, and that's i it's you can debate that one back and forth all you want i guess but but there, it's just so funny how many
0: times i've had to strip off Everything, everything in yeah. order to accomplish something. Yes. Yeah, so you can subdue
3: point. something to 20% health rather than just kill them outright. Yeah. It'd yeah. be nice if they give you at least a tunic. Yeah. When you're, well, when you're yeah, down I mean, to just. When you're, there you're, are, there are some armor.
0: And tunics and stuff yeah, on. There,
3: there's, that's a great thing that they've added in recent years is transmogrifying. So you can really customize your look and there are normal clothings that pieces that you can pick and whatnot. And it's all well, you know, that's all part of the parcel of the role playing of it. You know, there are role play servers in Warcraft. Where people are more, you know, about the individuals and the stories than than the the raids and the powers.
1: And this reminds, old. oh, go ahead, James. This reminds me, Tanya, I'm going to want you on at some point, uh, to, along with some of the other ladies we've had on in the past, to talk about the presentation of female characters in in video games and tabletop RPGs and the like. That's a panel discussion begging to happen. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, the chainmail bikini is, is the is the easy talk point for that. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah.
0: I don't look yeah. at a chainmail bikini. I'll change.
3: What else you got for me, man?
2: It pinches, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, but we've just about hit the hour point, actually. Shancy. So we're going to. Uh, we're going to just quickly put a bow on this conversation. And before I ask Chris and Tanya for their final thoughts, I want to give a shout out to who was supposed to be our third guest for this podcast, Aka Kiyoga, who unfortunately had another commitment. Hmm. I'm waiting for the meeting, Akka. Yeah. We, yeah her, her perspective on this would have made a great conversation even better. And it would have, uh, benefited Chrissy and I having her in with two of the heads of Flower City Comic Con so we could say, hey, look how cool this person is. Invite her to the show hey. sometime. Hey. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Chrissy and I are <laughs> speaking <laughs> like that. But
0: that's not a subtle
1: hint whatsoever. more. <laughs> no
2: what are you talking about? That was totally inconspicuous.
1: <laughs> yes. It's okay. We still love you guys. It's love you too. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah, she's the one we're pushing hard for alongside Pembroke. Okay. I'm sure we can work something out. Wait, well, if, we'll see. First, we got to actually get to the threshold of making sure we have a show, but we'll talk about that later. Exactly. So, any final thoughts on World of Warcraft? <clears throat> final thoughts of World of Warcraft. I spent
3: a lot of time, subscription money, and and tears at times because it would be frustrating. <laughs> It'd get frustrating Ooh. at times. You, know, you there, should hear them on Discord. There were there would be arguments and you know, it's a rise and a fall kind of a thing. And yes, while I maybe, you know, function and retired at this point, you know, because the rep grinds were just I can't do keep doing them over and over again anymore. Um, but it was time well spent. And and I I, I like the adventures I went on. I liked the character that I created, the persona that I created around him as a role player, that meant something to me. Um, I've had, I have epic war stories that I can share with people. I've, met, I've made lifelong friends uh, with several people you know, that I, to this day, you know, I see them on my Facebook feed or my, my Twitter feed, and I, I'll reach out to them and talk to them. You know, we, we, are, we are extended family of each other. So in the, in the overall, the experience was definitely a worthwhile one. Am, am I, I'm even nostalgically thinking about re-upping my account just because of this conversation alone. I can guarantee it'll probably be for like a month tops, but, but I would do it. I would, I would consider heading back just to kind of like pump around and see what's going on and how everybody's doing. You know, maybe something due in the off time when I'm not playing Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, all right. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's there. There were there were good memories involved, and they outweigh a lot of the the frustrations. So yeah, good good times. Definitely good times.
0: And me, it's all about that. I'm a completist about certain things. So now that I've gone. Uh, into the the whole rabbit hole of World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. I'm now all about trying to fulfill um, achievements and getting achievement points and work on this and work explore, on that.
3: Explore every corner of the map, do everything. I play every quest.
0: I'm trying. Talk
3: to every NPC. You know, and and in that own way, you know, we've 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 managed to subdue Tanya in her in our own <laughs> way. We. have We've given her, her some catnip and she's going to be playing in the corner for the foreseeable future. In,
0: right now between work and let's see, Monday night dance. And I, I think I can play on Tuesday nights that, cause I usually play wow on Tuesday nights because that's when the new stuff for the week drops. But then Wednesday I have comic chicks on one night, one Wednesday and the opposite Wednesday we're gaming Thursday. I'm gaming Friday. I'm usually doing podcast prep and movie stuff. Saturday, I have gaming every Saturday night. And Sunday, I'm gaming every other Sunday. Mm-hmm. So now my whole schedule has been filled that I don't have any time for
3: World of Warcraft. So I'm
0: looking forward to like June 25th.
3: Do you feel you? Do you feel yourself sitting in your chair, tapping that vein, hoping, waiting for the next fix?
0: Well, you know what? Because I'm that's, just,
3: called, like, that's called an addiction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, there are places for that. And, but I'm like, oh, I could go downstairs and play World of Warcraft, but then I realized I was wiped out from being in the sun, staining the deck. Mm-hmm. I turned my light off at 9 o'clock last night and slept till like 7 o'clock this morning. Good girl. Hey,
2: there's nothing wrong with that.
0: So I am just like, oh, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to try to play on Tuesday this week. Okay. Because I've missed a couple weeks in, so therefore... I want to finish Avengers of Highjal, uh rep grind because you only can get that in Firelands. That's all you. Stupid thing. Yeah.
3: At this point, at this point, the old man himself, the Archdruid of Azeroth, uh is of the opinion that if if you don't like me, I'm not going to go out of my way to make you like me anymore.
2: No. <laughs> I, I, I think he, I think he's to the point where it's kind of the he's hit the old old Italian man stage where you just don't give a blink anymore.
3: Lady, I am 3,450 years old at this point. I am tired
1: of making you try to like me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are going to take a short break and when we return, we will have contact information, this day in gaming history, we'll talk about the upcoming Flower City Comic Con, and more. So stay tuned. Yay. Yay! Want to support the Irregulars? Head over to www.patreon.com backslash FC3ROC. We're part of the media division of Flower City Comic Con, based in Rochester, New York. We're a non-profit group. Everything we make off of Patreon and everything else we do goes right back into putting on our future conventions and other events, from reserving the facilities to bringing in guests. If you pledge any amount, even a slim dollar you will receive improved access to my blog entries, where every Tuesday I go over current video game news and write retrospectives on old-school arcade games, all delivered conveniently to your inbox. There's plenty of other perks and rewards, and if you don't see what you're looking for, reach out to the crew. They'll be happy to work with you. Want to get a hold of us in particular? You can email Christy directly at krissi at fc3roc.org and me at james at fc3roc.org. At the moment, we're still working out most social media matters, but we are indeed on Facebook at Gaming Street Irregulars. Chrissy and I are fairly frequently there sharing news and things we find cool, and begging, I mean asking, for your questions and answers to be used in upcoming episodes. Yeah, asking, that's the ticket. We love hearing from you all, whether you have praise, constructive criticism, or just want to share something cool and gaming-related yourselves. Also, wherever you find FC3 on social media, we're usually not too far behind, so if you reach out to them with something for us, they'll get it to us shortly. Legally speaking, all music, sound effects, voice clips, and so on are the properties of their respective owners. We make no claim to them and have no intention of profiting off of them. Please don't sue us. We have nothing you'd want. So... On today, May 27th, in 1986, it was a monumentous day for the Japanese role-playing game genre. It was the release of Dragon Quest on the NES. Oh my That series has gone on to such heights that, you know, one of the great urban legends about Japanese video game culture is they would have to declare national holidays for the release of a Dragon Quest game because they were that big business for a time. I don't think it ever quite got that big, though. I, I have to look into whether or not that was actually a thing, but I my my, uh, brain is telling me it wasn't quite that extreme.
2: <laughs>
3: Close. There was definitely a frenzy about them. I remember those games. They were the cornerstone of of what our culture is based on these days.
2: Yeah. And and what was cool about those games was it featured some very early artwork um, by the same gentleman who did the illustrations for Dragon Ball Z. Yep,
1: Mm -hmm. Akira Toriyama. Yep. And speaking of... And speaking of Dragon Ball Z, we still have some of their voice actors scheduled to come to Flower City Comic Con. Is that correct? Uh, yes, we do. Tracy Vollmer and. Tiffany
0: Volmer. Tiffany Volmer.
1: I never get that right. Why don't no. we call you Tracy? I don't know.
0: You've been consistently calling her Tracy. Well, at least
3: I'm consistent, I suppose. Tiffany
0: Volmer or T- Mike McFarland? Mike
3: McFarland. I was about to say Matt McFarland, too. Holy crap. I am not doing well here.
0: I think you need some caffeine to wake up. I
1: need caffeine. I need a nap, is what I need. I need a vacation. I think I'm going to take a vacation soon. But you'll be able to meet Tiffany Vollmer and Mike McFarland at the Flower City Comic-Con at the Total Sports Experience in Gates on September 25th and 26th. Yes. We will, of course, also have something around 50 vendor tables, tons of panels, additional guests yet to be announced, and yeah,
3: unfortunately, we we we. You know, I've got to give a lot of love to Jason Font from Power Rangers because he hung with us for as long as he yes. possibly could. But unfortunately, the last September of twenty uh, two thousand twenty one is just that that conflict that he can't it. get around, so he won't be able to join us. But hopefully, we'll have him in twenty twenty two.
1: And I'm hearing a crazy rumor that uh, a, that a certain uh, a marked camel will be there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, I can confirm that no uh, Mark Hamill from Star Wars fame will not be a guest at the Flower City Comic Con. Uh, uh, he's, he's number one on my wish list, to be honest. But um,
2: and you know what? Him the and way Keanu Reeves, him, I would love either one of them.
3: I got to tell you, the way that Mark ha- Hamill make I can praise this man not enough ever because the way he makes himself accessible to his fans is is impressive, and and to to have him show up. At the unlikely event of having him show up at a future Flower City Comic Con is actually not out of the question, because I think our kind of show would be something he would just—he would do. I think he would do that. I think you'd just stop by sometime if we invited him, and we keep inviting him, and he hasn't done it yet. But you never know; anything's possible.
2: I mean, come on, come on! Look at the podcast that got Tom Hanks to go on by sending him a letter typed on a Corona silent typewriter, and then he wrote a reply back.
1: Well, they also sent him the typewriter.
2: Yeah, they sent him the, that and the typewriter to send back a reply.
1: Because he has his
3: typewriter collection. That's, a, that's definitely a way to get Tom Hanks' attention.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe we need to ship a bunch of Superman merchandise to Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, it's possible.
0: There you go. It's possible.
1: Right. You can get Wayne from Astronomicon to help us out with that because Wayne's a big
3: Superman fan. So. all right so yeah you know we're still on 25th and 26th of september 2021 total sports experience in gates on elm grove it is on a bus route <clears throat> there'll be plenty of parking and mm-hmm. uh free and, parking and you will see tanya and all of her mask glory
2: <laughs> you'll also see of us and all of our mass glory too Yeah,
3: and i'll be running around like an idiot like i always do
2: just remember to eat
1: and we will be in compliance with every COVID restriction and recommendation and whatnot. Yes. We want to make this as safe and and fun and experience as we can. Exactly. That's mm-hmm.
2: important. Yes. Because so. we're nothing without our fans.
3: Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, there's no point in having a show if nobody's going to come. You know?
1: That's a thing. Yep. So, for Chrissy Harding, for Chris... Christopher Frank, and for Tanya Metris, I'm James Irish for Gaming Street Regulars. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. We know there's a million choices for video game podcasts. we are glad you picked ours. And as always, game on.
2: Bye, everyone! Bye! Bye.